She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Hi, everybody. Welcome, welcome to Live, Love, Thrive Women's Empowerment Hour brought to you by, of course, 360karma.com. And we are so happy to have you with us today. And we are so happy to have Sahar with us today. I mean, seven countries, five languages she speaks. She is a trailblazer here in the U.S. And I can't wait to tell you about her story of being born in Egypt and making her way to America. Please give a warm welcome to Sahar Andrade. Hi, Sahar. Hi. How are you? Hi, Catherine. Thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, I look at your bio, and it's like you came here like in your early 20s, right? Yes. Uh, with one suitcase. Yes. Everything in one suitcase. Yes. And not knowing anybody, no nope. family. Nope. I mean, and now you have the successful business, and, you know, um, I think it's just, uh, you're just a perfect example of how we need uh, immigrants coming to our country and how much it means uh, to immigrants, especially women, because let's face it, there's more opportunity here in America for women Absolutely. Uh, than anywhere in the world. Absolutely. I, I know you'll attest to that. Uh, having written a book and having done a TED Talk and you've won awards and gotten congressional appreciation of your training. And I mean, where else but America, right? The only yeah. place to be. Yeah, yeah. The only place to be. So let's talk about this. So you were born in Egypt. Yes. Yeah. <coughs> and uh, and then you were telling me, share, share with me about your childhood. I know sure. you moved every two to four years to a different country. Yes. Um, yeah. I come from a, a diplomatic family, so my father would just move every, depending, two to four years to a new country. Uh -huh. And I ended up living in seven different countries. Sometimes I even forget which country. I, I was going <laughs> to ask you which ones, but I, I, I can I can No, but I can, I can tell you which ones. I yeah. lived in, uh, obviously, in Egypt, in yeah. Algeria. I, we lived in Qatar, in Bahrain, in, uh, in France, in Spain, uh, a little bit. But France and Spain were a few months and few months. And yeah. then we lived also um, in, in the United States. So that's, yeah. that makes the seven countries. Right. And right. Uh, every single time it was like, sometimes it's a totally different language. Yeah. Totally different cultures. Wow. Totally different people. And that's how you learn five languages? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Actually, I was just lucky from uh, since I was three years old, my parents put me in a French school. Mm -hmm. So I was learning French and Arabic. And then a few years later, we started learning English. Mm -hmm. And they say that children before seven years old, they have something called theta waves. Uh -huh. So they can absorb everything like a, like a sponge. Right. So because I learned three languages... After that, languages become very easy for me to learn. Oh, so after that, I learned Spanish. Yeah. And after that, I, l I worked for Iberia for a little bit, the Spanish uh -huh. airline. So I, I learned Spanish, and then I learned Hebrew oh in Los God. Angeles. Hebrew is a hard one, isn't it? It's very close to Arabic. So really? it wasn't, yeah, oh it's wow. so similar. It even almost sounds the same. Yeah. So it was very easy. I, I worked for an Israeli company, and uh, uh, they were great. They sent me to school to Alpan. That's how I learned Hebrew. And it just, uh, it became part of my, uh, like, repertoire, if you want to call it. Yeah. And you had shared with me that, at, like, when you were very young, like 12 years old, your your mother, who had been a homemaker and a mom, uh, didn't have a career, said to you, I don't want you to be like me. I want you to have a, a life and a career. And, it, it, wow, how selfless of her and how how 
what a, what a, how visionary of her to see that that uh, was something that she should encourage you to do. Absolutely. My, my father was such a big figure, even in my life. You know, he was like a rock in my life. Yeah. Uh, we lost him in 2006, but um, my mom, he took care of my mom so much that she had everything she wanted. I mean, right. she, she didn't need to lift a finger. Right. So she was so spoiled, you know, if we want to call it that way. And, and it's out of love that he did that. But yeah. I think now thinking about it, I don't know if I would have been wanted to be that way, treated right. that way. Um, I don't think you, I couldn't see you. I don't <laughs> think so either. <laughs> you know, and, and like you said, uh, that, that dynamic, which has is very popular in many cultures and, and definitely was more popular in the 50s here in, in the United States, um, is, um, like you said, you know, it's, it's, it is out of love and, and stuff that people say, oh, you don't have to do anything. Yes. But I think, don't you think every person needs to do something that, that speaks to their soul and uh, makes them feel like they're contributing? I mean, certainly being a mom and, and raising a family is contributing. But once that job is done, I think there's a lot of women later in life that say, hey, I want to do something more to give back to the world and, and be like, I was here. I made a difference. Don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. The thing is, like, I think I the culture that I come from is... Uh, it's like basically for women, you can't miss what you don't have. Yeah. So they haven't, yes, there were some trailblazer women, I mean, that were even known in uh, in the 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, and they made a lot of change in the women movement in Egypt. But most of the women, they considered a career being a mom, yeah. making sure that their kids are very well mannered. I mean, we had etiquette lessons when yeah. we were kids, yeah. like how to walk, how to put your knife on the table, how, you know, and all that. And, but... She was happy with what she was doing. And, and contrary to what everybody thinks that everybody gets married by just because of it's not a choice you get assigned to a husband. Yeah. My mom was in love with my dad. Yeah. And she was she got married when she was 16 years old. Yeah. It was by choice. Yeah, she was one of the lucky ones. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And my, my father was a, a great man. And I believe in 12 years old, like you said, I was supposed to go and meet my friends. And my father was a lot open-minded. I mean, he, he gave us our freedom. He trusted us. He was very stern when we were kids. But once we reached 11, 12, he became open-minded. One day I even asked him, why that change? He goes, I believe in children like being trees. So once you put the roots really well when they were kids, yeah. you don't you don't worry about the branches. Right, once you already had the... Uh, the essence. In integrity. Exactly. And, yeah. So at 12 years old, I was my dad was supposed to take me somewhere to meet my friends, and he couldn't make it, so I was crying. So my mom told me, why don't you go and take a, a cab? I'm like, what do you mean? I have never done it before. Yeah. And she goes like, why don't you go and take a cab? So I'm like, I've never done it before. That day she told me, this is the money. You're going to go get a cab. You're going to go meet your friend. She told me, I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you this one time. I will never see it again. I never want to see you be like me. Wow. She goes like, it's not like I'm not happy. I'm do very happy. I'm grateful. But I don't want you to be just not knowing where to go. Do you remember uh, Glenn Close's um, speech at the Academy Awards this year when she... Um, not the Academy Awards, the Golden Globe when she won. And she said uh, it made her sad when her mom was passing that she said, I, I didn't feel like my life mattered. And I think everybody needs to feel like their life matters, like they've done something. you know. And certainly, like I said, raising kids and all that, that is 
super important. Um, but as moms and dads, um, you know, all of that's important for both. And yet, men still go out and do something that fulfills the their winner. soul and um, lets them use their gifts. And I think everybody has gifts. And it's, are we using those gifts? Because that's what feeds our soul. And I think that's what she was saying. So bravo to them that they both encouraged you to yeah. be independent and it seems like you didn't need a whole lot of nudging. <laughs> no, no. And one of the things also that from the culture that I come from, I mean, they don't necessarily uh, respect women's rights or yeah. that a woman can achieve this yeah. or that. And and since I was a kid, I knew that if I wanted to be respected, you either you either have an engineering degree or a medical degree. Right. This is the only respect, more or less. Right. So that's that. why you went and got a medical degree. Yes, because right. I wanted to, to have that power. I knew since I was a child that I wow. wanted to have that power. I wanted to have the respect. And I wanted to have the money. Right. You know, so yeah. that's what I did. But it has been fed into my head that the best thing that you could be, yeah. that you can be a medical doctor. Right. So I went without even thinking. Right. You know, and I went very young into medical school because right. of the way we lived. But believe it or not, by the third year of medical school, I was miserable. Right. You were like, this isn't for me. This is not for me. But I just like, and I couldn't think, it's like, I'm trying to please my parents. Right. Because that's what they wanted for me. Yeah, it's good you got in tune with that. Exactly. So how could I do something to please the people that you most love, but be so miserable? Right. So you probably ventured off to America with your little suitcase going to find yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And it took me a long time. It took a long time. Right, right. Well, it is a, a life is a journey. Yes. Yeah. So um, when you came here, and I know you got your citizenship, yes. you were telling me that you just were filled with tears when you got yes. that citizenship. Like it meant oh so God. much to you. What what year was that? How long ago was that? Uh, I can't even remember. That was so long ago. Yeah. You know, and it just like I have shivers when I remember mm-hmm. it. The day... Uh, the minute they asked us to stand up and raise our hand and do that, I'm, I'm almost like have tears in my eyes again. Right. It just, it's so yeah. overwhelming. Yes. It's just like, oh my God, I did it. Yes, you did it. After all that. Yes. Because believe it or not, it's not easy. The path to citizenship is not easy. No, it's not like what people want to let you know. Right. It's not that easy. Right. What when uh, I've had people on before and we've talked about this yeah. and, it is very difficult to become a citizen here. A lot you have a lot of hoops you got to jump through. It takes it's worth many it. years. It's, it's worth, worth it. it. Yes. Um, but it, it bothers me the conversation around immigrants today because I have them on my show every other week, uh, and they are the hardest working, the most appreciative, the best people, um, and people that are born into our country often take it for granted. Yes. And um, I just think we need to embrace and appreciate immigrants more. So I'm always so happy to talk about that journey to coming here and what it took and now what you're giving back as a citizen of the U.S. Absolutely. So let's talk about that because your training programs have been acknowledged by, uh, have gotten congressional acknowledgement. Yes. And you've also done, um, besides many, winning many awards, for your training, and we're going to talk about what training you do. You, let, let, let's talk about the training that you do, since sure. it has gotten a lot of accolades, and then I want to talk about some ancillary things that you've done, like your book that helps entrepreneurs and your TED Talk. Um, but uh, tell me about your training. How did you start this business? Um, I know you and I met 
uh, at LAGLCC, yes. the chamber, yes. uh, in West Hollywood. And it was really, you were explaining to me, West Hollywood, uh, an event there that gave you a leg up to launch your business, yes. which was the Women's Leadership Conference. Yes. And um, it's a great city. It really, I love it. it, it I love West yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, and, and Lindsay and Lauren and, and, and the council really get behind women's empowerment programs. I know they've and gotten Abby behind. And Abby before. Yes, and Abby Land. Uh, I know they've gotten behind my conferences and now my She Angels, which you're part of, mm-hmm. uh, one of our coaches for She Angels. And for those that don't know, SheAngels.com is for people to, women to apply to get funding and mentorship. Yes. Uh, so tell me about your uh, program. What, what, what sets you apart? Who do you work with? Tell me a little bit about it. Absolutely. So my business is actually, uh, is kind of divided into two, though not really. Uh, the first part is I do diversity, culture, competence, and leadership, mm-hmm. corporate leadership or executive leadership. Obviously, diversity and cultural competence comes from the fact that I lived in seven different countries, right. that I worked for airlines where I opened uh, offices for them in, in a lot of cities, depending mm-hmm. on the culture of the place. Mm-hmm. So for me, cultural competence be, uh, is a, like a first-hand experience. It's not something that I read in a book. Right. And I use my medical psychology background to in my training program. So for me, diversity and cultural competence is not, you should do this, you should do that. It's not the law says this. It's not compliance. It's more of a sensitivity and human nature mm-hmm. based training. And I, I, I believe that's, that's what sets me apart. And that's why people are more receptive to my training. Right, right. Because I make it like, let's talk as a human being to human being and let's see where, like where we are. And it's a very difficult conversation sometimes. Yes. But I do believe that dialogue is a conversation that we need to have. So it's based on authenticity. Authenticity. And if if not, it doesn't work. And you train a lot of people in the government space, Governments, right? yes. That's kind of your niche. Yeah, 80% yeah. of my clients are government. Wow. Yes. So what type of entity do you work with specifically? Like Counties, counties. cities, uh, and, nonprofits. Okay, so you go into the city, the county, the nonprofit, and you teach diversity? Yes, I uh-huh. train them on diversity. Sometimes I do coaching, sometimes I do training. And it's about what diversity is really is because a lot of people think that diversity is about color, religion, uh, culture, but actually diversity is a lot more than that. It's about gender, sexual orientation, it's about age, disabilities, it's about socioeconomic, education, geography, mm-hmm. you know, uh, styles of learning. So I'm in your class. I'm working for the county, and you're teaching me about diversity. Give me an idea of what I would learn from you. You will learn that people do things that make sense to them, even if it doesn't make sense to you. Ah, so helping you to be more open-minded. More open-minded. And and one other thing... perception is everything. Everything. And and perceptions are not realities. Exactly. They are our realities, Yes. but they are not everybody else's realities. Right. And we wear our culture like a lens on our eye, right. but we need to remember that everybody else has a different lens. Yes. And also, a very important part that I like to leave people with is that when you value people, they give you value back. And right. you need to value people for who they are, yeah. not who you want them to be. And I believe that, too, with energy. Like, whatever Absolutely. energy you're putting out, that's what you're getting Absolutely. back. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So. And- that's one area that That's you one work area. on. And what's the other the area? The second area is entrepreneurship training, mm. specifically for women. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, I'm a big advocate 
of women, of gender equality. I'm also, you know, a big advocate of the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. And so I started six years ago being a business advisor for SBDC, PCR SBDC, which is Small Business Development Center. And that that's somehow my way of giving back. And then I started entrepreneur programs for the city of Pasadena, where it's a 12-week program. That's the one that received um, congressional recognition. Mm -hmm. So I I, 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 I call it this way. It's a holistic entrepreneurship program. I love that. So it's not only, oh, let's do a business plan and a marketing plan. It's included. But it's about who you are from the inside. Mm -hmm. What is your strength? What's your weakness? Mm -hmm. What is your vision in life? And entrepreneurs don't think about it. They think, right. okay, I'm just going to have an idea, you know, and it's going to work. And that's why the uh, failing rate of small businesses are 80% in the mm -hmm. first three years. Do you think that one of the things entrepreneurs need to do is, like you just said, look at their strengths, and whatever those are, do that. But whatever our weaknesses are, find someone that does that and that loves doing that. And I think that's one of entrepreneurs' biggest problems is yes. they try to do everything, but you can't do everything well, and you can't do everything. And so it's about allowing other people's strengths to come help you because it does take a village. Would you say that's one of the Absolutely. biggest challenges? Actually, this is one of the things that I discuss in my book for entrepreneurs. Really? Yeah. It's, I, my What's the name of that book? 49 Things About Entrepreneurships that it. Experts Don't Want You to Know. Okay. And they can find that on, on Amazon. Amazon. Yes. Okay. So one of the things is like, we cannot do everything. Mm -hmm. And once we start doing that, we fail. Yes. Because even in, if we try to learn to do something, that, and that's all came from personal experience too. You take a learning curve that, that takes away from what you can do during that time yeah. and you might do it well and you might not doing well. Right. So you need to pay money to make money. Right. That's why you outsource whatever you don't know. Right. Or even trade. Or even trade. And, and, yeah. and one of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs do is that they get stuck in their head and yeah. they think that their idea is the best idea, right. but it doesn't make any sense to other people. Right. So of course they will not sell. Yes. So you ha they have to get into the mind and the soul of their audience. Right. What they, they know want. know who their audience they, is, absolutely, right? Absolutely. That's number yeah. one. Yeah. That's number one for success that you can, yeah. you have to do. Right. So yeah. that's what makes me do the entrepreneur. And also I do uh, a lot of gen like gender equality trainings, yeah. you know, especially for women. Uh, I was lucky to be one of the speakers for the United States of Women last year for the city right. of West Hollywood right. again. Yeah. You know, and we did, we discussed gender equality. So... For me, fairness and equality is a big thing, you know, yes. because I went through a lot in my life uh, to feel that I was equal to anybody yes. else. Right. It was a journey and it's still a journey. Yeah. So I try always to share, you know, I believe that um, the universe or God or whoever you yeah. want to call it has been so good to me. Yeah. And and I learned that also from my husband. He's like the kind that says like, you know what, it everything has been so good to me. That's now my time to give back. Right. And I always like to give back. I'm so grateful to the to the United States. I yes. mean, and and I know that being a citizen, uh, I don't never take it for granted because yes. I believe it's a privilege to be right. here, and you, it's a dream come true. And and you're bringing so much value to the table in helping entrepreneurs and uh, cities and counties, nonprofits um, with these things. Do you find your work? Uh, I'm sure you do. Very gratifying. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's my, you know, I'm one of those lucky people. They tell you if you work your passion, you don't work a day. Yeah. Every single day 
is I'm just executing my passion. And I'm uh-huh. so lucky I love to have that. Yeah. When you Do you have any um, entrepreneur stories of someone that you've helped build their business that you would want to share with us? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mentored one of the, of the young people, uh, and, and I knew that she had so much inside of her. Yeah. And she was like in a totally different industry than one she is now today. You know, and, and she started changing, but it took a lot from her as well. She worked really, really hard. This yeah. is what I think one of, one of the things that entrepreneurs miss, that you have to hustle. Oh, yeah. Every minute of the day. Yeah. If you want to succeed. Right. Okay. And hustle is not a bad word. It's actually like really go after what you need and you have to work hard and you have to expand. And she worked really hard. Yeah. And she went from one vision to the other and she grew and grew and grew. And now she's making five to six figures a month. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. And I she's love young that. and she's she's adorable and she's doing great. She's doing what she loves. She do she's doing every single day yeah. what she loves. We 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 have to tap into that gift and do what we love. That's why we're here, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's just crazy for people to be stuck in jobs they don't like and no. be doing things why? they don't want to do. Why? 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 You know, people I think believe sometimes that happiness comes from the outside. If I only have this, this promotion, right. if I only get this degree, if right. I only get this car or right. this house, where actually happiness comes mm-hmm. from inside. You know, I'm a big believer in uh, people need coaches. And I know it's a new yes. thing of our age, but I think it's because we're evolving and we realize who wants to go it alone. Everybody needs a sounding board. And, and it's not always your mother or your sister or your best friend that gives the best advice. So why not get a, a third party that's a coach like yourself uh, and I know your website is saharconsulting.com yes. for those that uh, are interested. Um, and get somebody that has done this and brings a lot to the table in showing you how to make this a dream life come true that you want to be living. Because so many people sit there and go, I just don't know how to manifest yes. that. Yes. And life is just too short. Don't wait one more day. Go out and find the right coach for Absolutely. you and let them be your accountability partner. Let them be bounce ideas off you. Let you know this is how things uh, get manifested. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so and I think what you're doing is super fun and super awesome. And absolutely helping yeah. others. I mean, it just like you always. I always said that. Uh, I had coaches. I have. I always have mentors, yeah. sponsors, yes. and we need the three of them. Yes. You know, and coaches is something that I love to do because it comes from my heart. Yes. So um, SaharConsulting.com is my diversity and cultural competence and my coaching. Uh, my coaching website is reinventyourselftogreatness.com. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Reinventyourselftogreatness.com. Yes. Awesome. And and I think uh, that's a big word nowadays, reinvent. And it's good because that's what a lot of people are doing. They're realizing they don't want to be stuck in something they don't want to be doing, and they want to reinvent their lives. And isn't that a beautiful thing? Yeah. What a great job you have. I love it. I what told a great you I job love I it. have. I get to interview exactly. amazing women every week. <laughs> We love this. And how do we find your um, TED Talk and what is it about? My TED Talk is about changing negative thinking to positive thinking. I love and it. if you, on YouTube, you just enter, it's on my YouTube channel, but you also, uh, if you put Sahar, Sahar Andrade, uh, TED Talk, changing negative thoughts, you will find it right there. Love it. And it's on my website as well. Awesome. You are awesome. Thank you, Catherine. Thank, Thank you. you for having me. Thank you for being a part of the show, part Thank of She you. Angels, and for just 
making a beautiful difference in the world. Thank you so much. Thank you. And go out and make your difference in the world this week and tune in to us next week. Thank you so much. Make it a great day. Hugs and happiness.